0: Well, hey, how many guys are nature lovers? Anybody like hiking and all that neat stuff? And anybody notice uh, when you first moved here, I don't know if you did the stereotypical thing that we did. You, you, everybody always thinks that all Las Vegas is is the strip, right? You've done that? But when you get here for a while, you realize that, hey, there's all kinds of neat things to do around here. There's all kinds of hiking areas, there's all kinds of these national monuments and cool things to go see, right? Okay. And, uh, and that's fun, we like to do that as a family personally, but uh, uh, speaking of hiking, speaking of national monuments, how many guys would like to have your next trip to a national monument turn out like this one? Let's take a look. the lesson, Joey? You know what's coming. Don't ever let John Gibson borrow Don Russell's blue Jeep. You know what I'm saying, Don? I didn't think you were going to make it here tonight. How'd the insurance go? They totaled it, didn't they? Obviously, it was, whew, I tell you what, but uh, seriously, folks, how many guys would like to be chased down by an exploding volcano like that? Wouldn't that be awesome? Or John doing the flips off of there? Yeah, that's right anyway, but uh, no, why? Because volcanoes, especially exploding ones, are kind of what? Scary. Turn to somebody and say, they're very scary. Okay. They're fearful, they're horrible. Like Nobody wants to go through that. Yet again, here's the irony, folks, the theme of our study. More people today are more afraid of being burned by a volcano than being cast into an inferno for all eternity. Most people today are more concerned about the dangers of the hot lava than the dangers of actually missing out on heaven and going straight into hell. Can you believe that? It's wild, completely out of balance. Why? Because we've been seeing there is no fear of God before their eyes. Okay, and it's not just corrupting people's here and now, it's corrupting ultimately their hereafter. Okay, and Jesus said, you do need to be afraid. Jesus said that, I didn't. He says, "Just it's not man, it's God. Why? Because God alone has the power to send you straight into heaven. Praise God through the cross of Christ, amen? Or you reject that, he'll throw you straight into hell for rejecting him. And how many guys would say, as bad as that accident is, and I don't know how much cash you're gonna get back for your Jeep, Don, but uh, uh, hell's worse than that. Can we agree on that one? Okay, pretty obvious. Okay, that's why we're going to continue to study the witness of creation. Okay, and what we're doing, again, you know the theme. We're taking a look at all the different evidences, at least that I've come across, uh, that God's left behind for us, showing us he's not just real. We really can have a beautiful, loving, intimate, personal relationship with him before it's too late through jesus and he doesn't leave us hanging high and dry he doesn't wait for us to somehow get an email telling us he gave it to us in the bible and throughout the bible we see all this evidence and we saw that in a multitude of ways not just one way god wants us to get the message loud and clear and we saw the first way was the evidence of an intelligent creation or intelligent design the second one was the evidence of a young creation or young earth we have not been here. For millions and billions of years, and yes, that includes the dinosaurs. Uh, the third evidence was the evidence of a special creation. Okay, we came from the hand of God for a special relationship with Him. Okay, we did, it came from Adam, not an ape. Okay, the fourth evidence was the evidence of a judge creation in the days of Noah. I.e., God judges planet once; He says He's going to do it again. If we see evidence for the first time, you might want to pay attention to the second one and God's warning for that. And then the last five times, if you're here, we saw the fifth one was the evidence of a fearful creation, i.e. the truth about dinosaurs. Because I know this is a shocker. In fact, let's take a moment of silence. I've always hated that person. You do that? What kind of a messed up anti-Christian world are we in? You go to somebody to pay respects at a funeral, and it's like, right? Or if you want to uh, do something and you know, picket something or whatever, and you just, don't make me stand there and, say nothing. <laughs> what happened to prayer? But anyway, that's a side note. But anyway, but as we've seen the truth about dinosaurs, okay, moment of silence. Why? Because hello, shocker, evolution's lied to us. Again, and shocker, even about dinosaurs. And if you hear here last time, we saw, uh, to answer the skeptical question, oh yeah, really? Did the dinosaurs really get on the ark and then off the ark with Noah? Yeah, right. Where are they? And that's what we saw last time. We saw that they've been here the whole time. After uh, the flood of Noah, they got off the ark like the other land animals, different kinds, right? It's just mankind called them by a different name, right? Dinosaurs weren't invented until 1841. They called them dragons, okay? And then we saw that the reason why we don't have a big population uh, is because of the things that they went through. We saw this evidence with the biblical proof, the comparison proof, and the historical proof, okay? Uh, But they're still there, okay? And that's what we're going to deal with. Uh, with tonight, okay? Because you might be thinking the next uh, logical question, okay? Interesting. I get it. This uh, dragon, if you supplant the word dragon throughout mankind's history, all the recordings and talkings about that, supplant it with the word dinosaur. That would explain where they went, if you will, after Noah's Ark. I get that, okay? But uh, if that were true, you'd still think that there would be some sighting somewhere of a couple of these things somewhere around the world, right, Joey? Right, well, thank you for asking, Joey. That works well with my notes. Uh, guess what? We do. Listen to this story. Are you ready for this? I'm not even waiting for this one. We have actual eyewitness accounts of people seeing, yes, dinosaurs today. But don't take my word for it. Believe it or not, God presupposes that this really is a possibility that you could look at a dinosaur. Open your Bibles again to the classic passage, Job chapter 40. And this is another thing I want to bring out in this passage. We've been here before, clearly seeing that God is talking about a dinosaur here to Job. But he also presupposes uh, that you could actually see one in the days of Job. Okay, let's take a look at that. Job chapter 40. Okay. And um, if you find Psalms, what do you do? Hang alone. All right. You're stuck over here in Jeremiah. What do you like there. Uh, and Job chapter 40. All right, we're going to read verses 1 through 19 and take a look at this passage. Once again, Job speaking, or God speaking to Job, and uh, because Job started to kind of crack, if you will, with all the things he was going through. He began to question, wonder what God was up to. Okay, when God. And isn't it so encouraging that we never do that today? It was just Job made that unfortunate mistake. Yeah, let's move on. He's already meddling. All right, let's go. Uh, uh, 40, verse 1 says this, The Lord said to Job, Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Let him who accuses God answer him. And I love this. Then Job answered the Lord, I, I'm unworthy. How can I reply to you? I, I put my hand over my mouth. I, I, I spoke once, but I have no answer. Twice, but I'll say no more. You know what that is in Hebrew? I shut up. No. But that's really what it's... Right? God. Is calling him on the carpet. That's what he says. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm, and he says, Brace yourself like a man. You ever have one of those talks with your dad? When you put it over the line, and you knew, oops, I went too far this time. This says, Job, that's what he's going through. Guys, brace yourself like a man. Okay, is what he says. I will question you, God says, and you will answer me. Would you discredit my justice, Job? Would you condemn me to justify yourself? Oh, oh, by the way, do do you have an arm like God's? Can your voice thunder like his? Then adorn yourself with glory, Job, and splendor, and, and clothe yourself in honor and majesty, and unleash the fury of your wrath, Job, and look at every proud man and bring him low. Look at every proud man and humble him and crush the wicked where they stand and bury them all in the dust together, shroud their faces in the grave. Then I myself, God says, will admit to you that your own right hand can save you. And then he says this, look at what? Behemoth. Now, what's Behemoth? It's a dinosaur. Let's take a look at that proof again, which God says, I made, what's that phrase there? Along with you. So this creature exists with Job. Okay. Along with you, which feeds on grass like an ox. What strength he has in his loins, what power in the muscles of his belly. His tail sways like a cedar. As we saw before, what's a cedar? That's a tree. This thing is so big its tail is the size of a tree that doesn't fit an elephant, and it doesn't fit a hippopotamus. A lot of people want to say, excuse me, it's a dinosaur. His tail sways like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are close-knit. His bones are tubes of bronze. His limbs are like rods of iron. He ranks first among the works of God, yet his maker can approach him with his sword, okay? So if you recall last time we were here, at the beginning of our study, we saw that God is using this creature, okay, called behemoth, to teach Job a lesson on fear, okay? Again, the context of this passage is Job began to question God, okay? If you will, acting like, God, you don't even know what you're doing. I can't believe, right? And again, we don't do that. So God begins to question Job, and specifically, okay, about this fearsome, awesome, his chiefest first works a creature called behemoth to remind job the object lesson job listen you know this creature look at it you know you know exactly what i'm talking about look at this ginormous big giant animal called behemoth and if you have a natural rightful fear of that thing and you keep your mouth shut and run and you don't sit there and that thing go then job why are you doing that to me i'm the one that made that creature and the universe, and the stars, and everything else, okay? So God is using this creature, again, the context, to teach Job a healthy lesson of fear. Now, again, I'll belabor the point. As a Christian, as a person who is redeemed, it's not a judicial fear. It's not like you're afraid of losing your salvation, that you're going to go to hell now because you got out of line or you sinned. Anybody glad that's not true? Okay? Yeah, no, it's a disciplinary fear that you can get a spanking from God, and that should be some healthy fear for you, okay? But the secondly, notice again the creature here, as we saw based on the scripture, is clearly talking about a dinosaur, right? And I don't want to go into that too deep. We've already been there on a whole study on that. Okay, Tail, cedar, tree, big thing. Okay, it's a dinosaur, okay? And as we saw, it's probably something on the order of a brachiosaurus. Big, huge, massive dinosaur, okay? Now, the point I'm bringing this up this time uh, is notice what else God is saying to Job about this dinosaur, this behemoth. He says the word there. He doesn't just say behemoth. He says Job to specifically look at him. Now stop and think about how many times we've ever, as Christians, we've read through this passage, and we, number one, skipped over the fact that, yep, there's a dinosaur, one dinosaur mentioned in the Bible. We skip over that. Second, even if we get the issue that there's a dinosaur mentioned here in the Bible in this passage, okay, we skip over the fact what God just said. God said to Job, look at Behemoth. Look at this dinosaur, okay? Now, the question is, why in the world would God say to Job, look at this dinosaur if dinosaurs went extinct millions and millions of years ago, right? Why would God say, Job, look at this behemoth, this dinosaur, unless, of course, there was a dinosaur around, specifically a behemoth to look at in the first place, right? God didn't say, hey, Job, think about behemoth. He didn't say, hey, uh, Job, you need to go out and discover A behemoth. Job, I tell you what, would you hurry up and go down to the public library, get a children's book on these things called dinosaurs, okay, and open up the first page so you can get a little caricature going and read millions of years ago so you can understand my object lesson. He didn't say that. He didn't say, Job, go out there, grab a shovel, start digging in the ground, and hopefully you can find enough giant bones of these weird creatures that nobody's ever seen uh, so you can get one. He didn't say that. It's been right there the whole time in the text, and how many times have we buzzed right by it? He said, look at Behemoth, this dinosaur, that, and, he, and he backs it up, that I made along with you, right? Go look at the thing. I didn't just make it with you. Go look at it. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? So right here in the Bible, the Bible teaches that once again, dinosaurs were not only still alive with Noah, but apparently, according to the Bible in this passage right here, they're still alive after Noah for people like Job to look at them. Right? Do you get my point there? Now, here's the unfortunate truth. Even though this is clear, it's right here in the Scripture, once again, evolution has brainwashed people, including, unfortunately, Christians in the church, and thinking that, oh, no, this can't be true. And I think that's why people brush right over this. And they go, oh, it's impossible because they died out millions of years ago. They never coexisted with men. That's a lie. Okay? And so tonight, I want to uh, show you that, folks, dinosaurs are still alive. Granted, not in big numbers. But today. And the first way that we know that dinosaurs are still alive today, just like the Bible presupposes to look at, okay, God's not playing games with Jobs, is living fossils. Living fossils. Okay, and this is funny. It's like evolutionists stare at these things in the face and refuse to admit it undermines everything you've been saying in the textbooks. Okay, evolutionists do not tell us, folks, by and large, you won't see this on one of their nature shows, okay, typically, Uh, but they find all kinds of creatures, listen to this, all kinds of creatures out there in our world today, other than dinosaurs, listen, that they admit lived with the dinosaurs, except evolution says they died out with the dinosaurs. And they find them all over the place. We're going to see just a few of them tonight, but uh, the problem is they're still alive today. So if you find creatures that live with dinosaurs and they even admit it and they're still alive today, is it really out of bounds to think that maybe there's still some actual dinosaurs left today? I don't think so. But let's take a look at some of these living fossils is what they call them. And oh, by the way, just because you call them living fossils, does that help your theory out? No, that's what they do. They just relabel stuff. But let's take a look. This is one of the biggest examples, okay? Uh, the coelacant. okay? How many guys are going to name your next cat that? Don, you going to name your new Jeep that? The coelacanth? Right? Are you going to get it biometric so John can't get it next time? Okay, whatever. Anyway, let's move on. The coelacanth is a fish that has uh, lobe fins, and for years, evolutionists have taught, and you might remember this from school, uh, have taught that they were our first supposed ancestors of the first amphibians that walked upon land and eventually produced mankind. You hear about that? Right? I suppose a transitional fossil. They say it first appeared about 375 million years ago, but. It went extinct about 80 million years ago. You know, at the time of the dinosaurs. Okay, but the problem is they not only found a live one back in 1938, but ever since then, guess what? They're finding them all over the place. Oops. Let's take a look at them.
1: Japanese and Indonesian researchers have rare footage of live fossil fish called coelacanths. They made the discovery off the coast of Indonesia.
2: Using a remote underwater robot, the researchers dived over 170 meters underwater.
0: The coelacanths were believed to have been extinct for tens of millions of years, but were rediscovered in 1938 off the coast of South Africa. They have also been spotted by divers and from underwater vehicles off the Comoros Islands, Indonesia, and South Africa. But sightings were rare until now, and much about the fish still remains a mystery. The Indonesian coelacanth is believed to be a different species from its African cousins. This is the second live video footage ever gathered of the Indonesian version of this prehistoric fish prehistoric? That's another illusion, isn't it? Uh, oh, uh, uh, but according to your definition, what you guys are seeing in that still footage, um, that's something that lived, they say, with dinosaurs. But I thought they went extinct. So why do we still have these guys around? And you laugh at the idea that there might be some dinosaurs around. Very interesting. So much for being extinct. But here's the point. If this fish supposedly lived at the time of dinosaurs and is still alive today, is it crazy to think, maybe a handful, granted not a bunch that there might still be some dinosaurs alive today? I don't think so. I think it's within the realm of reason. But that's not all. They not only have, there's many discoveries of these fish and that they now know what the creature was like and how it behaved. Now, this is important because they still use this as supposed uh, evidence for evolution, okay? And shocker, what they now know, they're finding so many of these coelacanth, they've studied them. And they now know that what they see of their behavior and their body parts that we were told in the textbooks with all these nifty drawings was wrong, Okay, completely wrong like this video shows.
3: One of the most important of these alleged transitional forms was the fossil of a fish called the coelacan. For years, evolutionists claimed that this creature, which was only known in the fossil record, had characteristics similar to those of land-dwelling animals. It had, they argued, primitive legs and a primitive lung. These evolutionist claims about the coelacanth were advanced as a scientific fact and imaginary drawings picturing the animal crawling onto land from water made their way even to textbooks. It came as a great shock to evolutionists when a living example of the supposedly extinct coelacanth was caught in the Indian Ocean in 1938. It was then seen that the fish was no different from the fish of our day. Contrary to the claims of evolutionists, coelacanths had neither legs nor primitive lungs. What was worse, the coelacanth, supposedly a creature readying itself to make the leap from sea to land, was in reality a fish that lived only in the deep waters of the oceans, never approaching to within 180 meters of the surface.
0: Well... So much for evolving into something, never even went close to the land, let alone have all those other features, supposedly. Wouldn't it be great if they would have a new show on the History Channel? Another lie from evolution, brought to you by Kellogg's, makers of fine breakfast cereal. Tonight's episode is once again, lie number 5,322, the seal again. We got it wrong, but hey, we're intellectually honest and we're going to make it right. And they still use this for proof for evolution. Completely bankrupt, all right? How about it extinct, not just fish, but flowers, okay? According to evolutionists, flowering plants, like, who wants to say that word besides not me? You can read the TP plant, okay? Burst onto the evolutionary scene, according to them, about 100 million years ago, and became the dominant group of plants on the earth, okay, is what they say. In fact, Charles Darwin said the, their sudden appearance was an abominable mystery. The problem is their sudden reappearance, oops, Reappearance is causing even more abominable problems, for evolution, that is. You see, evolution said these flowers had long since gone extinct. But the problem is they've actually been discovered, rediscovered, on top of a remote ridge in Madagascar. What? Okay. How about sharks? How many of you guys hate it when you find that in your bathtub? I tell you what, Joe, I just can't take it anymore. How many of those? You? The water here in Vegas is weird. Three times it happened to you, too? Yeah, I know. Anyway, hey, but seriously, not only the rediscovery of the mega mouth shark, uh, Jeanette? How would you like to catch that your next trip? No? Yeah, you. You only catch that? Yeah, it tastes like chicken, I guess. Anyway, yeah, so throw it back in the water, therefore. All right, the megamouth shark, okay, because, again, that was supposed to be gone, but now they got him. They find him now, the megamouth. All right, caused a big stir, but the rediscovery of another shark, this one's called the frill shark, I'm going to show you in a second, and uh, existed, again, in the time of dinosaurs. But, again, supposedly gone extinct. They disappear with the dinosaurs. Well guess what? They still find them today. Let's take a look at this creepy critter uh, on film. This is wild.
1: It sure ain't pretty, and if you weren't expecting it to swim across your sightline, it's just a little bit frightening looking too. Yes, it's wrinkly, yes, it's long, and yes, it looks a little gray around the gills, but this is one of the rarest things ever to come from the bottom of the sea. It's a prehistoric shark which has been discovered alive in the ocean off the coast of Japan. The 1.6-metre-long eel-like creatures, no new kid on the block though, as marine expert Mitsuri Sato explains.
0: We found remains of these frill sharks in the Earth's layer that are 80 million years old, so this truly is a living fossil.
1: Little's known about the frill shark's lives, but it is understood that they live off squid, fish and other sharks. Their usual habitat's about 600 metres below sea level, and the corpses are often found in fishermen's nets, but rarely are they seen alive, let alone caught on camera. With her forked teeth, dead-looking eyes and sandpaper-like skin, she's perhaps not the most beautiful species in the world, but she is indeed a truly wonderful sight to behold. Oh, wait a second,
0: behold, look at a dinosaur, Job. You know what you're looking at? A creature that even they admit exists with the dinosaurs. The problem is, unlike the Bible, they say, oh, it went extinct millions of years ago. You'll never find one today. And yet you just saw one. Oh, by the way, have you guys ever had people that uh, stay in your pool way too long and they just don't get out? You put one of them babies in there, they scream like little girls. Remember that, Joey? Yeah, whatever. All right, but let's move on. Uh, How about extinct sponges, right? Okay, the glass sponge was said to be extinct for the past 100 million years, right? But the problem is they've been rediscovered in different places around the world, okay? And that's why Joey's cousin here, once again, is just shocked. Why is this thing still alive? I thought it went extinct 100 million years ago, you know, at the time of the dinosaurs. Why do we still find them today? And if we still find this sponge that existed with those sharks and coelacans, why is it so odd to say that maybe some dinosaurs are still alive today? All right. How about some squids? Okay. It's been estimated that less than 5%, some will say 7%, but 5, 6, 7% of the ocean has even been explored. And is it any surprise that we keep finding creatures there all the time that are not only new that we've never seen before, but creatures that were supposed to have disappeared a long time ago with the dinosaurs, Uh, like this one. This
3: is Vampyrotuthis infernalis, a living fossil that is almost unchanged from its ancestors that lived 300 million years ago during the age of dinosaurs. When it was discovered by humans about a hundred years ago it was named the vampire squid, although it is neither a vampire nor really a squid. Vampyrotuthis has very large eyes because it lives about half a mile deep in the ocean where the light is very dim. We took these pictures from a deep-diving robotic submarine, and you can see the reflection of our lights in that beautiful blue eye. Vampyroteuthis is just one of millions of species that live in the deep ocean, most of whom have never been seen or described by any human.
0: So if millions are there and you don't know what's there and you've hardly explored any of it, then why is it a big stretch to say that there might be some other water dinosaurs still out there we don't even know about? right? Remember those stories of the sailing ships before motorboats came along that would scare fish away? They would just wind power drive them along. There was all kinds of stories of big sea creatures, but that's all mythological, right? Yeah, we'll get to that possibly uh, next week. But how about trees, right? Okay. One of the most amazing recent discoveries of a so-called living dinosaur occurred just uh, the last few years. Uh, it's called the Wallamy Pine, and it's actually messed up evolution's uh, timeline. One of the oldest rare plants in the world, the Wollamai pine is now available to gardeners in Britain. In 1994, in a remote Australian canyon in the Blue Mountains of the Wollamai National Park, explorers discovered a grove of ancient trees. These last few remaining survivors are now amongst the rarest living things on Earth. Their discovery is the botanical equivalent of finding a dinosaur alive in the 21st century. It's been missing, presumed dead, for at least
4: 65 million years. Now to the botanical equivalent of a pet dinosaur, the discovery of the Wallamai pine, a plant from Jurassic times believed to be extinct.
5: This is the botanical find of the century.
4: A collection of prehistoric pine trees has gone up for auction, with collectors
5: paying big for a piece of living history.
4: Nature lovers finally have the chance today to create their own Jurassic Park with the auction of the first trees grown from cuttings of the world famous Wallamai. pine pine. An auction of some of the rarest plants in the world has raised more than a million dollars to help preserve the trees in the wild. They were the first group of Wallemi pines to be grown from the trees that were only discovered just over a decade ago. One day, 11 years ago, a National Parks Officer named David Noble abseiled into an unknown gorge and found himself standing in a strange forest. And just as quickly, an unprecedented effort to save this ancient species began. Why? Because there are only a hundred of these trees that are known to exist in the wild. And they're real hard to get to. The first cuttings had to be pulled from the tree in midair. Even now, getting to the trees takes some major maneuvering. These trees have distinctive bark. It looks like bubbling chocolate. They can grow over a hundred feet tall, and some of the older trees might be more than a thousand years old. Their existence has made quite a splash. Even the famous English naturalist Sir David Attenborough has gotten involved with the conservation effort.
5: It's always very exciting when you see uh, a a real hangover from the day of the dinosaurs. I mean, uh, there are other trees around, that were alive alongside dinosaurs. But this is a new one, a new one that no one ever believed existed.
4: Making them widely available to the world helps keep those original 100 safe and ensures the survival of this ancient species. Think of it as having a dinosaur in your own backyard.
0: A dinosaur in your own backyard. You know, they stare at the evidence and they still don't get it. I don't know, but put it all together. I think it's pretty If if I can look, behold, at a celacanth today that existed with the dinosaurs, if I could look at a glass sponge today or a frill shark or any of those other fish or the squid, if I could look and actually go get saplings and actually grow it in my backyard, a woolly pine that existed with the dinosaurs today, why am I surprised when God says in the Bible, hey, Job, would you go look at a behemoth? And a dinosaur? And if you're scared of this critter, and rightly so, why aren't you scared of me? Okay? Is it really without the realm of possibility that there still could be some alive today? Find all kinds of creatures that were with them alive today. I don't think it's that much of a stretch. The second way that we know uh, dinosaurs are still alive today, granted not a bunch, but I still think there are some, and that is not just living fossils, but actual living dinosaurs. Okay, now we're getting more specific. Because you might be thinking, okay, yeah, these living fossils once again prove evolution gets it wrong. Shocker. Uh, with all kinds of creatures, they say, went extinct millions of years ago. They got that wrong. Okay, they're still alive today. And I could see the connection, how that would logically say that, okay, yeah. So then if we find these creatures alive with dinosaurs today, then maybe we could find some dinosaurs still alive today. I get that. But if I'm going to believe that dinosaurs really are alive today, I don't need to just see, see a connection. I want to see a real one. Anybody? Okay, I know, Joey. Joey, I knew your hand would go up, okay? And fortunately, God's here to help us out. But before we look at that, look at that, Joey. Okay, eyewitness accounts of people seeing dinosaurs still alive today, yes, in the water and on land. Not just legends, not a logical inference from living fossils, okay? Eyewitness accounts. Let's remind ourselves why it's not logical that we would see a super abundance of these accounts. Okay, I still think there are some. I don't think some are legitimate. But let's remind ourselves why there isn't a super abundance amount. Now, the first reason why is because of the population factor. And this is what we already saw before. Okay, the population of dinosaurs was seriously declined after the flood, okay, because of the post flood uh arrangement of the earth okay and what happened to the planet after that it was not very conducive for the dinosaurs okay they went through a climate change and a food change and all kinds of stuff the giantism that produced them wasn't there before air pressure wasn't the same before so not all of them made it out there but again as we saw probably one of the biggest culprits as to why we don't have a huge population to look at today was because mankind was knocking them off but again they called them dragons because dinosaurs wasn't invented. So we're not going to see a whole bunch of them today. I still think you can see some. Some people have, but not a super abundance because they don't have the population like they used to. Okay? The second reason why I don't think we're going to see a super abundance of them today is because what I call the hiding factor. Okay. The hiding factor, not just the population factor, the hiding factor. Now, as you just saw, as we just saw in the, the other section there, uh, less than 5%, again, some would say 6 or 7%, but what are a small, tiny portion of the ocean has even been explored. And by the way, just because you explore one area of the ocean, that doesn't mean nothing ever comes back around that you didn't see the first time, hello? But even if you just want to say, okay, we've mapped five, six, seven percent of the ocean, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's 95% that you haven't even, you yeah, have no clue what's out there, right? Now my point is, there could be all kinds of dinosaurs out there that we don't even know about, right? And that's what one guy, he gives this kind of logical inference. He says, the world's oceans cover about two-thirds of our planet. The average depth, listen to this, is 10,000 feet. That's the average, 10,000 feet. Okay, more than twice that of Grand Canyon. At their deepest, seven miles. In the ocean, seven miles down. Mount Everest would be completely hidden uh, in that uh, area there. There is plenty enough room in these vast depths for animals still unknown to modern science to be discovered as still living specimens. It's not just 95% of the ocean. The ocean's deep. There's a lot that can go on there that we have no clue. So is it out of the realm of possibility that uh, we couldn't find some? But again, since we have hardly even touched the surface, and oh, by the way, even the land, we won't, oh, we've met, no, we haven't met the whole earth. And again, just because you went to a portion of the earth, does that mean something wasn't hiding in the bush that you missed, right? So we probably don't have a super abundance because the population's down, but there's tons of places on this planet that we've never been, that they could be hiding, but they're nonetheless real. The third one I think that's keeping it under the lid is what I call the crazy factor, Okay, the crazy fact, and I think this is logic. Okay, logical. Evolution's got people brainwashed into thinking that dinosaurs, everybody knows, kids. I mean, don't you remember from reading from Wee High, first page in the book? Millions of years ago, but they died out. Everybody knows that dinosaurs died out. Okay, so even if a person actually did see a dinosaur, they're kind of afraid to admit it, right? Because you announced that you saw an actual dinosaur. What's the first thing that people are going to say to you? Did you eat chicken? That's what I would say. But no, sir. Are you crazy? Are you a wacko? Okay, right? Because you, everybody knows that those things aren't alive. You would be the lapping stock of the whole community, of the workplace, of the neighborhood, of your family, right? If you said you saw a dinosaur, even though you did, go- there's that pressure that you're some sort of a crazy, wacky person. Okay? So I think that keeps the lid on some of them. The fourth reason why I think it's not logical to say that we're going to have a super abundance of testimonies of living d- dinosaurs is what I call the camera factor. Okay, the camera factor. And this, I think, is common sense, because even if somebody is brave enough to face the ridicule of going, okay, I know they're going to call me crazy, they're going to say, you're a wacko, that you saw a dinosaur, ha, 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 okay, but I've got to, I saw it, I know what I saw, right? Even if you were able to brave that, okay, and you say you actually saw a dinosaur today, typically the next logical question that people are going to ask you is say, oh yeah, did you get a picture of it? right? And here's the point. If you didn't get a picture of it, even though you actually did see it, what are people going to say? you like, oh, come on, because if it was me, I would have got a picture of it, right? Really? Think about it logically. The odds of taking a picture of an event, listen, even seeing a dinosaur, listen, as it's happening, is very minuscule. Like this guy shares, he says this, he says, people say that the creature's really over there, why don't you get a good picture of it? He said, that's a fair question, but let me turn the question around and ask you, have you ever seen the picture of a car wreck as it happened? You won't either, at least not very often. There's been thousands and thousands of wrecks. It, it happens so fast, you say, oh, wow, they're going to, they're gonna, boom, and it happens, right? Okay, and he says this, uh, uh, here's my camera. oh, I should have got a picture of it, right? You could have whooped out your cell phone, you had it right there, Right? He says, the problem is, you should have gotten a picture, but the problem is you think of it after the event happened because it happened so fast, and it's so drastic. But did that make it not real? No, okay. And so if you're out swimming or fishing, all of a sudden you see a dinosaur, and you say, oh, wow, they're, and you're literally in shock. Ah!" And then he's gone. Okay, you're not crazy. You're not inept. You just don't think about it because of the event, It's a shocking event, and would be, right? But you don't think about it until after it happens. So he says, I don't fault folks for not getting a good photograph. Do you carry a camera with you right this second? Typically not a camera, but we do have a cell phone, right? But again, let's say this were actually going to happen tonight, okay? Even if you did, if a dinosaur suddenly crashed through your wall and then exited the scene, like for instance, here comes a Tyrannosaurus Rex, I kid you not, flying through there, boom, at full speed, bang, runs through that. Barely uh, misses right through here, goes, boom, gets there and uh, flies right out that window. What are the odds? And it all happened in five seconds. Just went boom, boom. How many pictures any one of us, even though every single one of us, yeah, we got a video camera, we cut that out. Okay. Uh, but that's why you're going to see some footage because people do have video cameras. They, do, they are getting some footage. We'll get to that later. Uh, but typically, as far as a picture, taking a picture, what are the odds that we would ever snap anything off? we would be so freaked out, right? Our heart rate, ooh, and still, and then, right? Right, and, right, even though most of us have a cell phone. So that's the, that's the whole point, okay? People wanna say, oh, if it was real, if it was me, I would've got picture. if you think about it, logically, the odds of even getting a picture, and then even getting a clear picture, it's not that high. It's not that it's not real, but if you think about it, it's such a fantastic event. It, it, it explains why you don't see abundance supply of these pictures, okay? But that's not all the fifth reason why I don't think that we have a super abundance. I think there are testimonies. We'll see them, Lord willing. Why we don't have super supply of these testimonies is because what I call the blindness factor, okay? As we saw before in this, and just a little bit ago, the evolutionists are looking at living dinosaurs. They're looking at them, look, with their own eyes, but they just can't, they can't put two and two together. Hey, maybe our theory is completely wrong. Right? They're looking at it square in the face, but they can't come to the right conclusion. This is what I mean with this. Okay, Evolutionists have blinded us to the fact about dinosaurs that there's no way they could ever exist today. Right, That, listen, we actually might come across an actual live dinosaur, but the problem is because of this brainwashing of evolution, we don't think to call it a dinosaur because it's a different size. Now, as we saw in the Judge Creation study in the days of Noah, lizards, which, you know, dinosaurs are the word dinosaur, terrible lizard, reptile, lizards never stop growing. As we saw before, in a pre-flood environment that produced giantism and they lived for a long time, maybe that's what a lot of the dinosaur kinds were. Uh, Okay, and uh, this guy, he says this. He says, one guy said that if reptiles really did live a long time in the pre-flood world, like the Bible states, Note this fact. A reptile has the potential of growing throughout its entire life. Unlike other animals, the reptile has no cut off mechanism whereby it stops growing in size. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. So, even if reptiles lived, if they only lived half as long as pre flood men, we would expect that gigantic reptiles, dinosaurs, they would have been created by the flood, right? Take a lizard today, it never stops growing. Men lived up to 900 plus years old. Let's say that they only live half that. They could have lived even more than that. But how big would a reptile get that lived 400 years, lived in an environment that produced giantism, and had all the food you could ever want to eat? It'd get pretty big, right? Okay. And of course, that's why he continues and says, so in short, if reptiles today live longer, if we had post-flood environment, uh, they would be dinosaurs in just a few hundred years. Okay, is the point there. So you put all this together, okay, and you think about this logically. If dinosaurs were really just terrible lizards that never stopped growing, and they were got to that size because they lived in a pre-flood environment that produced that giantism, and with all the lush environment and all the other stuff, okay, then maybe when these terrible lizards got off the ark, okay, they didn't get as big over time like they used to in the pre-flood, they were still here, but didn't get as big, those that survived, okay? But uh, we don't think to call it a dinosaur because we think they've all got to be these giant massive things, okay? Let, let me show you what I'm talking about uh, today with a comparison, okay? There's over 3,000 species of lizards that compromise the suborder Sauria. for those of you wondering. Many lizards today, if you look at them, they look like miniature dinosaurs and exhibit the same curious appendages. So you take those two little guys there, Right? Put them in an environment where they live 400, 500 years, all the food you want, in an environment that produces giantism, and they never stop growing. I wonder what they would look like after that time frame, okay? Various modern lizards also have armor, you know, like the dinosaurs did, frills, spikes, horns, just like the Triceratops, Anglosaurus, and the Stegosaurus, right? What would, what would they look like? What would that top one look like? 400 years, all the food you could eat in an environment that produced giantism. What about that one on the bottom? I'll give you an even better example. Some chameleons, for example, have three prominent horns, while other lizards have overlapping scaled armor. wonder how big that chameleon, that three-horned chameleon would get. After 400 years, all the food you could eat never stops growing. In an environment that proves giantism. But you never think of calling that thing a dinosaur, do you? Because today they don't get as big. So maybe you're looking at one, the reason why you don't hear these testimonies, but you don't think to call it one? Because you've been brainwashed. To think that it's impossible. Here is the, I love this example. This is called the Molech horridus or the thorny devil lizard. It's so well armored from head to tail, it's sel- seldom challenged by predators. Now listen, that's the lizard up top. That's the dinosaur remains down at the bottom. So let's take this small, terrible lizard that we see today, put it back into an environment where it could live 400 years, have all the food you want to eat in an environment that produced giantism. How big would it get? What would it look like? I wonder after 400 years. Looks almost exactly the same, doesn't it? But see, we don't think of calling that one in the top a dinosaur because it's small, even though we're looking at it square directly at it. Okay, put these terrible lizards in the pre flood atmosphere that produced giantism, and they would be dinosaurs in just a few hundred years. In fact, some of these lizards, even today, they do get pretty close. One of them is like the Komodo dragon. Okay, and even in our post flood atmosphere, they still do get pretty big like this video shows let's take a look
2: dragons are more than mystical creatures of fantasy and lore they are in fact very real and very deadly meet the komodo dragon the largest living lizard in the world and certainly one of the deadliest this powerful reptile dominates the dry volcanic islands of central indonesia including its namesake the island of komodo Growing over 10 feet in length and 350 pounds, they hunt deer, pigs, wild horses, water buffalo, anything and everything they can overpower. Rather than stalking, it lies in wait for its victims in tall grass, unmoving and unnoticed. And then it strikes, moving with lightning speed, attacking with brutal efficiency. A Komodo depends on its powerful sense of smell for hunting. Darting its long-forked tongue out to capture airborne scent molecules, it can smell the aroma of meat as far as two and a half miles away. If the victim is large, the reptile tackles the legs first to knock down its prey. It then rips at the belly, with the target quickly bleeding to death. The Komodo's powerful jaw has over 60 teeth, up to an inch long. With serrated jagged edges like those on a circular saw, they tear through flesh, teeth, claws, hooves, and bones. The Komodo devours everything. Virtually nothing is left. If the crushing bite of the Komodo doesn't kill, its poison soon will. The mouth of the Komodo contains over 50 strains of virulent bacteria. A single bite will cause blood poisoning. The victim will be dead, Within the week, these mighty predators have been known to down adult water buffaloes weighing more than 1,300 pounds. Even other Komodos aren't safe from their violence. Whether hunting alone or in groups, attacking prey or each other, the Komodo has survived on savage skill and is proof that dragons do exist and that their bite is far worse than their bark.
0: Oh, they, they still, what, what do they call them today? Even today? Dragon. Maybe it's a Komodo dinosaur. I think still That particular reptile, lizard, still gets pretty big today right? How many guys that would say you'd get a lot of privacy in your house if you had that for a pet? <laughs> Joey, I get so much research done. Whew, don't tempt me. No, but, uh, well, yeah, but a Komodo dragon, Komodo. if you put him in a pre-flood, he gets that big today, put him back in that pre-flood environment. 400 some years, all the food you can eat, produce giant, how big would that thing get? It almost looked like it'd be a dinosaur. But see, we don't think to call it a dinosaur today, even though they will say dragon. Because don't you know, John, dinosaurs went extinct millions of years ago. Okay. But let's, let's continue on. So we don't think to call them dinosaurs because uh, they might be a different size. Okay. And I kid you not, I got to say that. I'm not just saying this because I'm teaching this lesson. I'm not joking you. When I uh, was originally working on this video, and of course you could hear the music. Don't So Billy comes over to my laptop. I didn't coach him into this. I didn't say, hey, I'm working on dinosaur. I didn't say nothing. He comes up and he goes out of his mouth. He says, ooh, dinosaur. Why is it my 10-year-old son can get it just like that? And yet most people could be staring at a dinosaur today, granted smaller because of the post-flood changed environment. But you never think to call it this. Why? Because maybe it's because he hasn't been brainwashed with the live evolution. Right? You get the scales off, it makes perfect sense, and of course, agrees with the Bible. But speaking of blindness caused by evolution, we not only don't think to call a smaller version of a dinosaur, dinosaur, so that's why you don't have these giant reports, okay? but we don't even think to ask logical uh, questions when confronted with evidence like this. How many guys ever eat at a Chinese restaurant? Well, pay attention next time you go there. This will be a great conversation starter with your waiter or waitress. Watch this. Have dinosaurs lived in modern
5: times, and if they are, did, is there any evidence of such? Well, take a look at this slide right here. You see, if you ask the question, what evidence is there that dinosaurs lived at the same time as people, you need to understand that dinosaurs were not even recognized to exist before the 1800s. So what does that mean? That means that any mention of dinosaurs or dragons prior to the 1800s is evidence that people saw them. Now, are there any such evidence? Yes, there is. For instance, how many of you have been to a Chinese restaurant? Quite a few of you, okay. When you sit down at the Chinese restaurant, right in front of you, what do you see? You see a placemat, right? What you see, it's a Chinese version of the zodiac. You see the year of the sheep, the year of the horse, the year of the snake, the year of the dragon. Here's a question. Why would the Chinese put 11 real animals and one mythical animal on their zodiac. See, I don't think it was mythical at all. I think they lived with them.
0: Interesting. That does make a lot of sense. All the animals on there are real animals today. But nope, this one that we see, the dragon, nope, that's not real. Maybe it was real, but they came up with their zodiac before 1841 when the word dinosaur was invented by Sir Richard Owens, and it was real just like the other 11. But we are even going out to eat at Chinese restaurants, staring that in the face, and we still don't get it because of the brainwashing uh, of evolution, okay? And it gets even worse than that, okay? Uh, The blindness is so bad that people, even in their own camp, evolutionists, they'll produce videos like what I'm about to show you, and they still don't get it, right? Oh, it's impossible for man to, behold, look at Behemoth, a dinosaur today. There's no evidence. Really? The the Chinese got it on their zodiac, okay, post-flood. There were so many dinosaurs after the flood at one point, they drew maps. They drew maps to tell you where they were to look out for them. They even admitted it. Watch this.
3: Hereford Cathedral, deep in the English countryside, has an ancient
4: map that's a dragon hunter's dream. This is Mapa Mundi, an incredible medieval map, painted on an animal skin. You know, for being so old, it's still a lot of features are very familiar. There's the Nile River here, the Ganges River up there, Jerusalem right in the center here. The United Kingdom is way down here. The Red Sea and Ceylon are up in that corner there. So it's a pretty far out map. But to me, the most evocative part of it are the creatures, the animals. There's a griffon, there's a minotaur. There's a winged serpent. And, of course, there are very, very dragon-like creatures.
0: <laughs> but we all know that's make-believe. <laughs> I mean, they got Israel right. They got the Nile River, the Ganges River. They got the England right. Uh, they got Jerusalem right. But those dinosaurs, dragons, are just make-believe. They had to fill it in, right? Draw something there. Because if you're a map maker and you're earning a living, you've got to act like you know what you're doing. You're doing something, right? You can't just put a blank piece of paper out there. They're not going to get your cash. Right, Tom? Or could it be the reason why they got Israel right and the Ganges River's right and the Nile River right and all those other ones right is because they also got the other ones right? They saw so many after the flood that they still have maps today telling you, here's where this one is, here's where these group are over here. You might want to watch out. Okay? So, again, we could be staring at evidence of dinosaurs still alive today But because of evolution's brainwashing, we don't think to even mention it or even think about it. Okay? So that's why we wouldn't have a super abundance of testimonies today. But again, you might be up here like Joey going like, come on, chop, chop, Pastor Billy. Okay, I get it. So maybe we don't have a super abundance of testimonies of dinosaurs today, I get the various reasons you mentioned, but I want to see some actual accounts of dinosaurs still alive today. I don't want to see just some zodiac evidence. I don't want to see a logical inference from living fossils. I don't want to see just some maps that had them on there at one time. I want to see some real ones today, right, Joey? Join us seven days from now, (laughs) and we'll find out. Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get Life Ministries, We're not holy, we're not perfect like Him. Uh, Let's take a a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, The Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie.